Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. You're listening to Dirt Radio um, on 3CR. I'd like to start off by acknowledging the uh, stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people that we broadcast from today, of the Kulin Nation, and, uh, and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Um, morning, Sam. How are you doing? Morning. I just had an amazing 20 minutes behind three trams backed up on Smith Street. So if you're heading uh, northbound into the city on Smith Street, there are three trams currently stopped. That's right. This is dirt radio traffic uh, sting. Yeah. Tra- traffic update and some backstreet <laughs> driving to get here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so today we have a good interview with uh, Friends of the Earth International, um, Sam Cossa, who was very recently on the radio. Um, now broadcasting from the desert somewhere yeah, desert in Mexico. In Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, we've got that to come today. So, um, yeah, we'll get started right off with it. Yeah, it's with uh, Letty from Faux Brazil. And uh, Letty is an economic justice program coordinator at Faux International and a feminist sister of mine that used to be on the Gender Justice Dismantling Patriarchy Working Group. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Cheers. On this fight for human rights, we can... So in Australia here, we've been discussing in the corporate... On this fight for human rights, we can counterbalance this type of fascist neocon neoliberal governments, indeed extremely conservative. And and what this Bolsonaro government means, that I'm sure will topple in October. Yeah, we wish you all the best of luck with um, with with the elections coming up in Brazil in October. And we're very luck with... Um, all right, well, welcome to this Dirt Radio interview. And um, we're very lucky and excited to have Leticia from Friends of the Earth Brazil joining us today on the program. Welcome, Leticia. Hello, Sam. Muchas gracias. Hello, Sam. Thank you very much. Pleasure being with you. It's great to have you here um, and hope you're having a, a good day over there in Brazil. And we're going to have direct interpretation for this radio interview. So it should be exciting. Um, First of all, Letty, we just wanted to talk to you about this new development um, of, a, of, a, of a law on corporations to hold them accountable in Brazil. That sounds, that sounds quite exciting uh, and to hear what you are doing there in Brazil. But could you tell us first a little bit about the context in Brazil and what sort of things companies and big corporations are doing there with regards to human rights? Yes, I think that's the right place to start. We need to see what's the rationale behind and what brought us into uh, try and have this national framework here in Brazil. So the, the Brazilian setting, the background is not different from any other country in the global south. There are thousands of instances of 
violations where transnational corporations are liable or should be held liable for the violations of human rights, of collective rights, and often in their public-private partnerships, so along with the state. There is, uh, I would say, a giant symmetry between the power of companies, the political, the economic, the media power that they held or in regards to the states, and even more so when compared to the communities which are feeling the impact of these transnational corporations. Fought much here at Friends of the Earth Brazil against Fraport, a German company, who managed to have a concession with Ocaria Cat to extend the airport lane and with that they ousted over 6,000 people like the size of a small town so they were just like raised one might say and these are just a few of the examples that really caught our attention and well i think it proves that corporations here in the global south in brazil are doing what they wouldn't do in their own home countries now now picture for instance germany removing 6000 people to take them 2000 kilometers away from where they lived families and households that had been there for four generations and had this community strong relationship and so imagine this happening in any country in the global north now that would be unthinkable and so these are just a few examples on situations that we are seeing here often in brazil and that we have fought and we have denounce also these in the global arena but then corporations don't seem to mind that much they want to keep their profits and they don't really care about any violations so this is the background we are facing again not different from any other latin american country or in any country in the global south Rather, it's quite similar if you listen to any organization fighting for collective and human rights in the global south. I'm sure that you will, maybe with a change in the name of the corporation, of the community, but sometimes, uh, but then it's a similar story, just the same. Yeah, and I think that really highlights maybe the, I was picking the, no, it really highlights the importance of. Um, our work and the work of Friends of the Earth International and Friends of the Earth Brazil to hold these companies accountable. Um, could you tell us a little bit about the new law that's been proposed to the Brazilian parliament um, and, and how it would hold companies accountable in Brazil? Sure. First of all, I think it would be interesting to give another view of the political background here in Brazil, where we have a fascist government that given the pandemic we went through, they denied it. And also, they are really friend in friendly terms with the businesses, with the corporations. Enterprises 
a like feed from their hand. So with this type of a government, movements, grassroots organizations, the academia have strongly articulated precisely because of the global campaign to dismantling this corporate power and to guarantee the people's sovereignty and to bring an end to impunity. There's a global campaign with over 250 organizations and thousands of people and communities. And here in Brazil, considering the articulation we had in the campaign and even with MPs that are part of a global inter-parliamentary network, what we have attained is to move forward towards the bill for a domestic framework on corporations, which is not just an empty words. And this very much inspired on the proposal from the binding treaty. We know that the binding treaty still is and we will try and achieve that, but still is a tool, a crucial tool to at least decrease the asymmetry that we are seeing between companies and between peoples and communities and states. And yet we were also saying that we should strengthen the creation of these type of frameworks. So it was an articulation among movements, but also among left-wing MPs. Furthermore, as a movement or from the academia or from the NGOs, you cannot just submit a bill before the parliament. What you need is to have a relationship with uh, MPs, with the left-wing MPs, so that we could submit this proposal, so that it could be passed, and also organizing lengthy webinars with a strong participation of the civil society so that it could later be reviewed by the parliament. And now we're moving on to a stage where the new president of the Human Rights Commission that will determine how the bill is to proceed, it was appointed a new chairperson and then we will be holding meetings and also with public assemblies and so that we can discuss this with the civil society, with the MPs and with NGOs so that we can move forward. And this is what we are now doing. And this is somehow this shows how the relationship between the left-wing parties and non-political parties in the left is so crucial so that at all levels, but also on this fight for human rights, we can counterbalance this type of fascist neocon neoliberal governments, indeed extremely conservative. And, and what this Bolsonaro government means, that I'm sure will topple in October. 
Yeah, we wish you all the best of luck with um with with the elections coming up in Brazil in October. And you're on Dirt Radio. We're listening to an interview with Sam Cosser, who is uh, currently overseas but still participating in Dirt Radio, uh, with Leticia from Faux Brazil. We'll get back to that shortly. I just have a uh, urgent community announcement around refugees, um, Jack. I've just got word that uh, the government is trying to move a heap of the refugees in Mitre uh, and the detainees are telling us that they have been told they're going to Christmas Island. Uh, so if you're a refugee supporter and you're free right now, there is an urgent, urgent call out uh, for people to head to Mitre on Camp Road in Broadmeadows to the front gates. Uh, it looks like there is a uh, building towards resistance to stopping the buses from leaving. Uh, and the rumour is that the detainees are messaging people saying they are taking us to Christmas Island. Uh, so if you're free, if you could please jump in your car, get down there right now. Um, a crowd is building to try and stop the deportation of some of those refugees that have been there for over eight years. Also, some of those refugees came uh, with the Medivac refugees and were moved to Mitre uh, from the Park Prison and Mantra Prisons. Uh, so please head down there if you can. That is an urgent community announcement from the refugee advocacy groups um, saying that the detainees are telling them that the government um, have come in with uh, riot cops with shields and that they are planning on busing them out to the airport to move them to Christmas Island. Yeah, an important announcement and um, I suppose... While we wait for more information, we'll carry on with the second half of our uh, interview with Letty from Friends of the Earth uh, Brazil. Thanks, Sam. Uh, Jack <laughs> and Sam. Cosa. And Sam. <laughs> so in Australia here, we've been discussing in the Corporate Accountability Network um, ideas for a due diligence law or a strong, a strong binding rules on corporations. In Australia, we currently have something called the Modern Slavery Act. Um, so how are these... How would the law in Brazil be different or are they, there's also a, a proposition I know in the EU. Um, so it sounds like there's a lot of mo mo movement happening. Could you tell us a bit about yeah, the law in Brazil and what we can take as inspiration from that law? Yes, the truth is that a Latin American country that uh, is also a part of the discussions uh, within the Federation of Friends of the Earth and also on the global campaign, we have accompanied these discussions on due diligence and we wanted to deepen it some more. But the truth is that it's really difficult, it's really different to envision a law on the global south versus the global north because what we strongly believe that we cannot do is to simply company, and that's here the main difference with the law that we are proposing here in Brazil, is that our law includes obligations on the companies so that it's not just the states that need to safeguard, protect, uh, guarantee human rights, but also 
corporations have their obligations because they violate human rights. And so there is a series of articles on these obligations that are economically active in Brazil and that are accountable for the violations of human rights that their activities may be causing directly or indirectly. So it has this approach, this understanding the companies throughout their value chain. Our law as a principle, as a tenant, I would say the first chapter in the general provisions, as we call them, it includes, for instance, the primacy of human rights on any type of uh, trade agreement or investment. So human rights is on top, something that should sound obvious, but it's not. And, and there are these amount of provisions and articles that puts communities at the core of the process so that they need to be taken into consideration. And it also considers the non-criminalization, the non-prosecution of the people affected by the violations of human rights. And we feel that these is moving away from this greenwashing that corporate social responsibilities in not just this greenwashing and and or purple washing or violet washing or whichever color they want to wash their things off in order to brand themselves so this started off from here and implementing mechanisms that we believe that could be efficient in order to bring an end to impunity, at least when, when it comes to the legal agenda we used to have to, and so that we can bring companies to the court. Um, all right, English is on, yep. Um, ready? You mentioned, Letty, uh, a binding treaty on multinational enterprises at the United Nations and that that was an important part of, of getting the law in Brazil, an important part of the struggle to hold companies accountable. Could you tell our listeners here a bit about that law? Um, we haven't heard much of it in Australia about this international process. Yes, um, indeed, I would invite all listeners to access the website Stop Corporate Impunity so that they can see the documents that we have created since 2014 because we started back then as a global campaign in this binding treaty. This binding treaty started in 2014 with the declaration for the creation of an intergovernmental group, uh, this open composition, and that's very important because it guarantees the participation of the civil society and organized through United Nations in order to 
advocate and to exert pressure so that the treaty was really done the way that the affected communities would think should be an efficient document that has as its main goal to regulate the activities of transnational corporations and this is a framework or a first document within international law that is to fill a space, a space in this international law to apply regulations to transnational corporations. There, there is a true architecture of impunity. There are all processes, all regional processes in drafting laws, a creation of a framework law or domestic law. They should supplement these binding treaty process the way that we believe we have managed here in Brazil with this law, a law which is inspired on the process of the movements by the binding treaty and that a law that will strengthen us in order to bring an end to the impunity of corporations and to guarantee access to justice for the affected communities throughout the whole value chain. Thank you, Leti, very much for joining us. Um, it's been great to have you on Dirt Radio. And yeah, people should go and look up Friends of the Earth Brazil, the global campaign to stop corporate crimes. And thank you so much for joining us and good luck with your um, fight for a law in Brazil. Thanks. Bye. Muchas gracias. Ciao, ciao. Thanks. Bye. And that was Sam Cossa from Friends of the Earth Australia talking to uh, Leticia from Faux Brazil about corporate accountability. Uh, so I just want to follow up on the announcement I made, Jack. Uh, there's a video come through that's shown that the buses are arrived uh, to try and load people, refugees, our friends, uh, many of them who have, uh, while they've been in prison in Mitre or various hotels, uh, and before that, offshore on Manus, have formed deep relationships with activists that have been supporting them while they're inside. Uh, and there is an urgent call out if you missed it earlier. Uh, the government and Border Force are currently at Mitre Detention Prison over in Broadmeadows on Camp Road. And the detainees have been told they're being moved to Christmas Island. We don't know how many they're moving, um, but we do know that MITRE has been at capacity in terms of the number of people they've been holding there for quite a while. Um, so potentially it's a large group of people that are being moved once again offshore to another island prison. And now we know why Scott Morrison reopened it and kept it open. Um, and in the middle of an election cycle, we now have uh, a, a group of people that have already been abused and tortured and had their human rights ignored uh, by successive governments in this country, but uh, most recently, obviously, under the cruelty that began when Scott Morrison was the immigration minister and started Operation Sovereign Borders. And Sovereign Borders uh, was uh, exposed in uh, the media 
uh, that they were, yeah, giving people smugglers brown paper bags of money to tow back refugee boats into international waters. Uh, turnbacks equal death. Deportation is dangerous. And a lot of these people that have already been locked up for so many years have been found to be genuine refugees. Uh, statistically, it's over 96% of people that come by boat are found to be genuine refugees. And within that percentage that are not found to be, it's often because Border Force uh, and, and ASIO and the AFP have set up these ridiculous security processes where if you can't prove your identity, then you don't get a security clearance and there's no way to appeal that. So if you have a negative security check, there is no pro process because the Liberal Party has removed it uh, for an asylum seeker to appeal that. And often, as we know, these people lose, they run from countries, they lose their ID. Often getting on a boat means getting rid of your ID or you they won't take you. Um, these people have already been to hell and back under our system and now the government in the middle of a federal election cycle has buses at MITRE detention facility right now and they are planning, according to the detainees inside, they are planning on moving them, deporting them to Christmas Island. And Christmas Island under John Howard was annexed a long time ago. Once those people are on Christmas Island, there is no way for the Australian community to advocate and stop their deportation back to countries that they fled often through fear of death or persecution. Uh, and meanwhile, you know, it's really great we're settling, settling Ukraine uh, victims of war that have fled their countries, but this is no different to what has happened for 20 years under the war on terror. Uh, so this is really disturbing. The refugee advocacy activist community is heading to MITRE and they're asking anyone with a car who can bring people and get down there, please get down there now. Currently the buses are inside the centre and the detain detainees are being told that they're being moved to Christmas Island. This is an urgent call out for action. That's it for the update. I'm sorry, I'm really disturbed by this. This yeah. is really awful uh, and really, really sad. And there is no climate justice without human rights justice uh, and economic justice, as Leticia was just talking about. Um, so, yeah, once again, it would be great to see solidarity from the broader left movement. Uh, and hopefully today we can stop some of these people being uh, exiled to a island prison camp once again. Yeah, thanks for that, um, Sam. I suppose with that we'll probably just wrap up with a song today. And yeah, um, maybe we should go get in our cars yeah, and battle the trams and... of Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and maybe head out there to show some solidarity. Uh, please let people know if you're out there listening what's going on. Uh, you can check out. Uh, Whistleblowers Activist Communities Alliance Facebook page and also uh, on Twitter. You can see uh, the call out. Uh, it's on Camp Road in Broadmeadows. It's called MITA, M-I-T-A. Really easy to find if you Google it. Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Jack. See you next week. See you next week.